0: Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. We want to say good morning to all of the covenant partners. We want to say good morning to our SoundCloud listeners. We just thank the Lord for being in his house this morning. Amen. 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 I... Um, I tell you, this week has been trying for me because I was working on the message. So I thought I was working on the message and uh, close to the end of the week. And I really thought I had it down packed. I thought I was ready. But closer to the end of the week, the Holy Spirit dropped some things in my spirit. And I was like, Lord, is this you? No, it can't be. And I had to go and rearrange and change a whole lot of things. And it's all because of last week and some things that I shared with you. And so the Lord told me, he says, no, he says, you got to go back and put the house in order. And so this morning, what we're going to do in the house, SoundCloud listeners, what we're gonna do is by the leading of the Holy Spirit, we're going to do a counseling session. One big sweep. Everybody that comes in, comes into this service, this is a counseling session (laughs) given by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? So if you're keeping a journal, and if we're going to label SoundCloud, this is called a remote word from the Holy Spirit of Christ, a rhema word, R-H-E-M-A, a rhema word from the Holy Spirit of Christ. And you know what that is. You know, we have the Logos, which is the Bible, and then we have a rhema word, which is where God himself pulls from the word of God and puts together what he wants to say to us, amen? So the Lord told me, he says, I want you to put the house in order this morning. I want you to put it in order. On last week, we were talking about or we made mention of God putting an establishment in this ministry to push the vision forward. And we were saying how God was raising up millionaires and billionaires to push the vision forward. He's blessing. he's, He's glory to God. He is blessing us to establish this vision, to establish this ministry. It's not that he's not blessing you for you to enjoy it, but he's just saying, don't forget the main part of this is to push the vision forward. Amen. So then as I got in the car on last Sunday and I got home and the week began and the Holy Ghost began to speak to me, he says, no, he says, I need you to go back and I need you to let them know that everybody in this ministry, everybody that's connected to KSL ministries, everyone who is a titer, a seater, a giver in this ministry, they are blessed. So, so he wants us, he doesn't want us focusing in on, oh, yay, this one opened a business or this one did this. No, 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 no. It's all going to work together. Amen. It's all going to work together. And so I said, okay, Lord, I said, I hear you loud and clear. I said, but is this the message? He said, this is the message. So I had to go back and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit And even if I don't understand, I'm going to always do what God asked me to do. Amen. Amen. So we're going to be talking about this rhema word from the Holy Spirit of Christ. Here's the rhema word before we give all the scriptures. Every believer was created for Jesus Christ to bring him glory. I, I need you to let that sink in this morning. While this service is going on, and I need you to understand that from here on out, Every service must be respected and paid attention to. I don't think anybody really noticed it on last Sunday. Last Sunday was a very high service. But last Sunday was also October the 2nd, 2022. I said, Lord, were we paying attention? The service was so high. Do you know it took me a week to come out of it? I said, oh, my God. See, we got to stop. That's, that's, that's the thing. We got to stop coming to church and, and, and having church in our own little world as usual. There is no church as usual. This is the time. Or the days of salvation. This is the days of the Holy Spirit. These are the days leading back up to the return of Jesus Christ. There's nothing normal about the services anymore. And so when we come in, we have to come in with a mindset, Lord, I'm coming ready to receive what you're going to do today. Wait a minute. And not only am I going to receive it, I'm taking it home. I'm not going to get out that door and then start acting as if nothing happened. But that's what I saw. I was like, wow. Whoa. Is that how we're going? But you know, some people, that's how they treat God. It's on to the next big thing. What you going to do next, Lord? No, what has he already done? So God wanted to, to resonate within us. He wanted to settle in us. Every believer... Every believer was created for Jesus Christ to bring him glory. And every believer is blessed through Jesus Christ. Let let me show you how it works. There are going to be people who work for companies. What do they call them? Five fortunes? Okay. Fortune 500. All right. Okay, but that's not going to make you any less than the person Who started a business? Come on, Ann. Come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Whatever you're doing, wherever God has you, he created you for that. Wherever he's taking you, however he advances you, you God created you for that to bring him glory. So nobody in here should feel belittled if you're working for somebody. Amen, Amen. It's to bring God glory. Yes. It's to honor him because first of all, until you got saved, you didn't know it, he put those gifts in you. Right. He put the gifts in you to help run the company. He put the knowledge in you to help be with those people, to be there on that job, to help them see that company go forth. Amen. Any advancements that happens within that company, guess what? You're a part of it. Amen. Then when they notice you, it's just like when Joseph was working in Potiphar's house. Potiphar began to understand that since Joseph has come on the team, everything's better. Amen. I'm blessed. More is coming in. I'm getting expansion. Well, why is that? It's because God was with Joseph, and God is with you to bring a blessing to where you are. Amen. Somebody say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Say, I'm blessed, I'm blessed whether I own a business, whether I work for a company, or whether I'm on Social Security. Or okay, God, I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. He says, oh, no. He says, I want you to go back down there and bring order to the house. Nobody is to feel less than anybody else. Say, I'm blessed. blessed. Say, I was created created to do do what I'm doing doing. for Jesus Christ, Christ. to bring him glory. glory. Say, I'm blessed. Go to Revelation as we go into the message, even more so. We're going to bring clarity to the body of Christ this morning. Amen. 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 Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, and it reads, it says, Thou art worthy, O Lord. To receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure, for thy pleasure, they are and were created. So that means when you get up in the morning and you put those clothes on and you're headed to that company or to that business, guess what? The Lord is being glorified. When you sit there at that desk, you answer that phone, you do that paperwork, you handle that business, guess what? God is being glorified. Is that not in your Bible? Amen. Okay, we said we worried people, right? Amen. We said we, we, say we worried people. When you go to that business, because some people in here, I tell them, I say, if you can, keep your job and your business. Amen. Do both. That way the strain of taxes Insurance is not on you see some people think it's just it's just so easy to just get out here and jump into a business oh no uh-uh. if ever you needed the Lord you're gonna need it because everything is on you Amen. the taxes are on you the insurance is on you come on now Amen. huh the upkeep is on you Amen. hello all right all right. And so the word of God reminds us that it is God, it is Jesus that has created all things and it was for his pleasure. And they are and were created. Every believer was created for Jesus Christ to bring him glory. And every believer is blessed through Jesus Christ. Say this with me. Say, my gifts bring bring glory to God. If You can read and write you're quick with it and you can do handle business, you can know, if you know how to talk to people, if you know how to carry yourself on that job and do what they ask you to do and do it in excellency, uh, the Lord gave you those giftings. Amen. He gave you those giftings. Say my gift, my gift. or say my gifts, my gifts or a blessing, my blessing to the Lord. Because Amen. Amen. sometimes you have more than one gifting. Okay? So your gifts bring glory to God, and your gifts are a blessing to the Lord. But watch this. Say this with me. Say, my gifts gifts bring glory glory to God. God. My gifts gifts are a blessing blessing to the Lord, to others, to to myself, myself and my family. family. So your gifting is not just for you. It's for, it's for more than just you. God didn't place your gifting in you just for you. When God created Adam and Eve and placed them in the garden and he told Adam, he says, take care of the garden. He told Eve, work alongside with your husband. It wasn't just to stay in that little vicinity. It was so the garden would extend out over the earth. Amen? Amen. Go to 1 Corinthians. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm blessed. blessed. And so are you. you. Just think how many people would be hurting if you weren't doing what you were doing. Just think of how many people would be in lack if you weren't doing what you were doing. Mmm. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Amen. and I'm going to start reading at verse 14. Now let me say something. I understand that there are gifts in the ministry and gifts within your life for your living out here. I understand that. Amen? But today God has me focused in on the gifts that he has placed in you to do service out here in this earth. Amen? Amen. And service in the ministry all right so we're going to look at first corinthians chapter 12 verse 14 and it says for the body is not one member but how many? many all right the body is not one member but many if the foot shall say because i am not the hand i am not of the body it is therefore not of the body and if the ear shall say because i am not the eye i am not of the body is it therefore not of the body? Basically it's saying, how in the world are you going to be able to do anything and you start a process of elimination? You start saying, well, you know what? I don't need my hands. All I need is my eyes, my mouth, and my feet. Put your hand behind your back. What, what you going to do but walk right. and look and talk? You can't get involved in anything. Amen. Amen. You can't put your handiwork to work to it. Come on him. Amen. All right? So so we can't go around saying, well, you know what? I don't need my eyes. All I need is my mouth, my ears, and my hands. That's incorrect. That's incorrect. Seventeen verse. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? So basically for you to tell yourself, I am not needed in the world, what I do is insignificant, you're wrong. Whether, no matter how small or how grand, guess what? It's needed. I say it's needed. You know, what I do in my home and on my job, nobody really recognizes me. Baby, believe me, if you were to leave or not be there, they would miss you. If you didn't do what you did on that job, they would miss you. And that's why they have what's called hiring process. Guess what? Okay, if they didn't need you, why when you leave it, don't refill it. Just leave it vacant. That's not what they do. What do they do? They refill. They rehire. Why? Because somebody, a person, a human being is needed on that job, in that position to do what's asked to be done. And everything you do on your jobs and in your business, it ought to be to bring glory to God. We ought to have an understanding this morning. We are glorifying the Lord. It's just not some measly little job that you own because you're looking for a paycheck. Uh-oh. 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 We're going to set the house in order. Without a variety of members, you could not have a human body. There must be many members, each one different from the other. What if what if your whole body was an eye? What what if your whole body was a mouth or a hand? Mhm. Okay. Well, think about your jobs and your businesses. What if it was just one big eye in there? All you gonna do is see a whole lot. <laughs> You're not gonna get anything done. Guess what, in case you didn't know, God likes variety. He likes differences. He likes a variety. He doesn't want everything black, or everything white, or everything red. He loves variety. That's why we don't all sing alike. We don't all talk alike. We don't all dress alike. We don't all think alike. Why, because God says, I created you to bring me pleasure, to give me honor, to bring me glory, so therefore, that that I put in you and how I made you, guess what? It might not affect anybody else, but it glorifies me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There must be many members. Each one different from the others. Working in obedience to the head and in cooperation with others. That's why when you go on a job, you can't go in that job being the whole enchilada. There must be obedience to the head and cooperation with others. We have to learn to work with other people. I've never seen a time where people are so touchy. Don't look at me. Don't touch me. Don't. No, 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 no. If we own this job, we got to work together. Amen. Everybody in their department, even in the ministry, we got to work together. Everybody doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Hmm. So when we see that, so when we see that diversity is essential to a normal, healthy. Body. Somebody say diversity Diversity. is healthy. I don't need to look like you. You don't need to look like me. I don't need to talk like you. You don't need to talk like me. Hello. It's healthy. It's normal. It's what God wants. Hello. That's why men and women are built differently. I don't want to be a man. No, 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 no. Thank you. No, thank you. I like who I am. Hello. I love who I am. I'm not trying to be something that I'm not. Hello? We build different, we think different. I cannot do what Brother Davis and Sister Davis do. But yet at the same time, I love them, I'm not envious of them, I'm not covetous of them, I give God the glory for how he made them how and the knowledge that he gives them and how they do what they can do. Amen. And I admire. Come on, come on. That's how God does. He sits back and he admires The creation that he's made and when we express ourselves, it's just like when Adam, when the Lord brought all the animals to Adam, the Lord stood back. He wasn't in there trying to tell Adam what to do. He says, no, I've already created you. I've given you a brain. I've given you intelligence. Glory to God. I've given you a mouth to speak, ears to hear, and eyes to see. I've given you perception. Let me see you working. And some of us will go home and sit on our giftings and do what? Nothing. That's a waste. That's a waste. You need to be doing something. You need to be doing something. Okay, I heard you. I'm retired. You could at least get up and sweep the, front, sweep the front porch. Take the trash out. Set the house in order. You can visit the sick, pray for the people. Oh, there, there's an order to even those that are retired. Hello? Amen. Everything God created, he created to bring him glory. Say this to yourself, say, God, God loves, loves diversity. diversity. Say, it is, it is essential to a normal, to a normal healthy, healthy body. body. Listen at this. Diversity saves us from two dangers. Here they are. Number one, from belittling ourselves and from belittling others. Woo! Diversity. Wow. Stop talking about other people, what they can't do. They're doing what they're supposed to do. Amen. I said they're doing what they're supposed to do, they're doing it at the capacity that God created them. God did not create me to fly an airplane. And there's no way in my registry where God has told me to go fly a plane. Now, if I wanted to learn how to fly a plane, that is not a sin. But since God hadn't told me to do it, guess what? My feet going to stay on the ground. Amen. I'm going to drive a car. Amen. And there's no sin in me driving. Amen. Hello? So, stop talking about me. Come on, you know what? Uh, See, I don't want to get on a plane. Look at her. What's the matter with her? She's full of the Holy Ghost. I sure am. And I'm going to stay full of the Holy Ghost with my feet on the ground. Amen. Amen. That's right. That's right. Say, it's no sin, it is no sin if, if there, are there are things that you don't do. do. Say, so now, if you want to learn to do them, you can, but there's no sin. But I tell you what I do do. Every time somebody calls me or my son calls me, he says I'm finna board a plane. I admire that. I just sit back in that in that chair and I think about him carrying that luggage and. I think about him carrying that luggage and running through that, uh, that luggage place and baggage place and getting his tickets and boarding that plane and sitting there and whoo, going up in the air. I said, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. And I just get on up and go back to the kitchen to get me a glass of orange juice and said, thank you, Jesus. Bless him on his trip. Let the blood of Jesus cover him. Cover the blood, let the blood cover the pile his mind. I can't do what Brother Allison do, no. But I'm not envious, I'm not coveting, I admire. admire. We need to start learning how to admire what people do and say you know what, I thank thank God for you that he allows you to do that. I admire you for how God built you. Everybody not built for everything. I say everybody not built for everything. And there's no sin in that. There's no sin in that. What do you say, Lord? So stop belittling yourself for what you can't do and stop belittling others. Because if you really wanted to do it, guess what? You could do it. I say if you really wanted to do it, you could. So stop belittling yourself. Lord, I don't preach like Paul and I don't sing like the angels. Okay, do what you can do. Stop belittling yourself, and then stop belittling others. It would be wrong for the foot to feel unimportant because it can't do the work of a hand. That's wrong. Look at verse 18 of 1 Corinthians 12. Verse 18. Can I show you something? Look what it says. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it had what? Pleased him. Say that again. Say, but now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, in position, in the earth, as it has pleased him. I don't think anybody's called to do nothing, I think everybody's called to do something. And whatever you're doing today, if you want to improve that, I see no reason why you couldn't. But stop belittling yourself. Oh, I wish I could be like this one. I wish I could do this like this one. Stop it. God created you and beautified you the way he wants you to be. Amen? Amen. So God has arranged the different members in the body just as he pleased. We should be grateful for the gifts he has given us and use them for his glory. So when I go to work in the morning, in the morning whether it's my job or my, business, or my business, I'm giving God glory. I'm giving God glory. Amen. I'm giving God glory. Now, Lynn, I'm going to say this too. Whether you put on old work pants or put on a, a, a suit, alligator shoes, come on. Uh Uh-huh, Liz Claiborne dress, come on, Gucci purse, you're bringing glory to God. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. God has arranged the different members in the body just as he pleased. We should be grateful for the gifts he has given us and use them for his glory. To be envious of someone else's gifts is a sin. Ooh, did you know that? Uh, To sit up and envy somebody, and all day long, I I don't know why they, who they think they, oh, I could do it better. Uh, No, you couldn't. No, you couldn't, stop it. All on your job, can't even do your job because you envious of somebody else, how they doing the job. Can't even enjoy what God called you to do. Enjoy the gifts that He's put in you, operate in them, be a blessing to somebody because you're envious. Amen. To be envious of someone else's gifts is a sin, it goes against God's perfect plan for our lives. <coughs> so, everybody in here need to repent. Amen. I sure wish I could be like Elder Courtney. I still sure wish I could sow like Elder Courtney. Why? God maybe God don't want you to be like Elder Courtney. Amen. God wants you to be you. Amen. What are your gifts? Amen. Somebody say God, God loves, loves diversity. diversity. Mm. It's a sin. Everybody repent. It goes against God's perfect plan for our lives. God is a God of diversity. He loves people from a range of different social and ethnic group backgrounds and of different genders, male and female. Why you wanna be a man and he made you a woman? Well, Hello, wed well, honey, be the woman. Amen. Why you wanna be a woman and you a man? Wed well, well gonna be the man. Amen. Woo! Amen. Da da, yeah, they all shit. I'm a woman and I'm a true one. I'm all woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna walk like a woman. <laughs> 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 Say, if you're a man, wear it well. Say, be a God man. Be a God <laughs> man. man. <laughs> Say, if you're a woman, wear it well. Be a God woman. <laughs> <laughs> be different. Be di- it's okay, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, Lord. No two people are the same. Even when twins are born, there is a way to tell them apart. Even when twins are born, there is a way to tell them apart. No two people are the same. No two handprints are the same. And there are billions of people in the world, but yet God made each one of us to his own, well. liking. Yeah. I want to be tall. Why? Stay short. <laughs> I want to be short. Why? Stay tall. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Woo! I'm counseling. Amen. That's Amen. what God told me. This is a counseling session. Let's look at Isaiah, the 43rd chapter, please. Isaiah 43. All right. And we're going to read the seventh verse. And this is what it says, Isaiah 43 and 7. Even everyone, somebody say everyone. everyone. Okay. He says, even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. Woo! I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Is that in your Bible? Amen. So why did God make you for his glory? So you need to you need to throw yourself a party. You need to get happy about you. Uh huh. You didn't get happy about you. When you gonna get happy about you? We just so messed up in the mind, so messed up in the heart and soul. Oh, I don't like me. I don't like where I am. I don't like this. I don't like that. Well, guess what, honey? How does the song go? God is not through with you yet. Amen. But wait, wait, wait. But even when He gets through with you, it's still gonna be to His liking. It's, it's going to be what brings him glory. Everyone that is called by my name. I created them for my glory. I formed them. So who formed you? When did he form you? The Bible says in the belly. In the belly. But yet we got all this radical teaching going on to our young people. Well, you know, you were born a boy, but you really are a girl. You know, you were born a boy, but you really are a girl. You were were born a girl, but you really are a boy. Feeding them all this nonsense. So if I was born a girl, but yet I'm a boy, where are my equipment? Where the equipment at? Why do I have to go and get an operation to get the equipment? As if God, uh-oh, as if God didn't know what he was doing. Oh, God, you created me a girl, but I'm a boy. You left some equipment off. No, when that doctor slapped your sit down, you were what you are. And you came with the equipment. I that i That's right. You came with the plumbing, <laughs> <laughs> and it had to be working because your mama went and got pampers. <laughs> it had to be working. Stop lying. They lie to people. They're giving out false information. Yes, they are. You're not beautiful unless you're a size six. Nah, no, baby. I'm oh, yeah. <laughs> Now I'm beautiful. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's why our children are having an identity crisis. Amen. You don't know who you are. That's right. The Bible tells you who you are. Amen. You've been created in his image. Amen. The Bible says he created us in his image and in his likeness, and he gave us dominion yeah. over the works of his hand. Yeah. He created male, he created female. There were no in-betweens. Amen. All right, let them keep taking this gender medicine. They're going to create a monster. Uh, <laughs> All right. They're going to have something they don't want. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. the the going to have some plumbing where it shouldn't be no plumbing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love you. You. Don't let them lie to you. Don't let them lie to you, young people. You a male, you a male. You a female, you a female. God makes no mistakes. No, and see what they want to say is that's how they do. That's how they treat Genesis chapter one and one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then Genesis two, it says, and the earth was without form and darkness and in void. And so what they want to say is. They want to say, well, God made a mistake. No, God didn't make no mistakes. From Genesis 1 and 1 to Genesis 1 and 2, a great catastrophe happened. Sin came on the scene. Uh-oh, here we go, here we go. Sin came on the scene and caused a disruption in the earth. That's what's happening now. Sin is in the earth, and it's causing disruption. Amen. Yes, Lord. Somebody say, no two people are the same. No two people are the same. That's why a man, when you get ready to get married, you better pick what you're asking for. Ask God for what you're asking for. (laughs) Yeah, please check the plumbing. Okay. (laughs) Young ladies, young men. Young men, young ladies. You asking God for a mate? Tell God what you want. Amen. Now, I know you're not going to like this, but I'm going to tell you what the word of God said. He told King David, you did not have to kill Uriah for Bathsheba. I would have gave you a Bathsheba. Amen. He said, whatever you had would have asked me for, I would have gave it to you. If that wasn't enough, all you had to do was ask and it shall be given. Yes. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Yes. 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 All right, I hear you, I feel you, I feel you. Somebody said, well, I married the wrong person. I hear you, I feel you. Said <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with the plumbing, I just married the wrong person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's your problem. What you need to do is get that altar going. Get it going and pray for the Prince Charming that you want. That's your problem. Better get the altar going because I'm going to tell you something. Let me tell you something. When King David, he might have got with Bathsheba. He committed murder. He lied. David was extremely blessed. Let me say that right now. David had cuckabines. David had 800 wives. I got more than that probably, baby. But they say in the word of God, when he lied to have Bathsheba, the sword never left his home. His children went crazy. His money got funny. Come on. His body started to break down even more. The sword never left David's house. Can I tell you something? They say David moaned a whole year in misery because of the loss of his son that Bathsheba was carrying, that first son. It went on for a whole year, y'all. Let me tell you something. Ain't nothing worth that. Nothing is worth your peace of mind. Amen. But see what the devil do, he clouds your mind. Yes. He talks to you. Yes. Huh? Yes. He, he gets in your mind and your imagination and your thoughts, and he darkens them where you can't see the truth. Or no, you ain't heard nothing. Amen. I said, you, you haven't heard nothing. Amen. Yeah. Nothing's worth that. Yeah, he might have got Bathsheba. But he got a whole lot more that he was not bargaining for. Well. He got a whole lot of trouble that he wasn't bargaining for. Well. That's how you want to live your life? No, ma'am. Oh. You want the sword in your house? Oh. Shine for me, Anna. Shine for me. I got to get it. Let me say it loud. Shine for me, yeah. Anna. Wow. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. His children lost their mind. They rose up against him. Absalom thought the kingdom was his. Absalom took his daddy cuckabines and went up on the top of the kingdom and disgraced his dad. (coughs) Broke his heart. He had war after war after war after war. Basically David went into a place of always Basically having to put out fires. Instead of, watch this, instead of being able to enjoy his life life and the blessings that God had blessed him with. He had the crown. (laughs) He was king over Jerusalem. (laughs) What did Nathan say? That one little ewe lamb. (laughs) said, Said the other man had thousands of little ewe lambs. But this man only had one little ewe lamb. And David said, oh, he ought to be killed for taking the one. And then Nathan said, you the man, ah. is you crazy? <laughs> the King David, you the man, you're the one with everything. You got it, brother, well. you got it. Mm-hmm. And all that person had was one little ewe lamb. But that was the enemy. You know, the enemy can can talk some stuff. He'll get us messed up. He'll make you feel like, look, you'll forget about all the other blessings. He'll cloud your mind. He'll cloud your heart. Ooh, I got to have that. 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 And he removes from you the sin that comes in and the displeasure that's gonna come in, the disruption that's gonna come in. All the calamities that's coming in because you got to have that. No, God said, if you ask me, I'll give you one of that. He'll be a young woman. He'll be a young man. Well. <laughs> no, my blessing's not worth that. I'm sorry. Somebody said, no thank, you. no, thank you. Said, keep your little what you lamb. Keep your what you lamb. Don't want it. So God got it for me. God got it so he got, for it. Me. he got it. He, he got it. He it. Saying, hey. 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 You don't understand, Pastor. They don't say my name like that. Uh, well, pray for the person to say your name like that. <laughs> they don't call my name like that. Okay, well, pray that the person will call your name like that. <laughs> I know, Brother Brian, you got to really go deep with them because they. You know, they be thinking some stuff. (laughs) Well, everyone that is called by his name, he said, I created you for my glory. I formed you. He said, God made me. God made me. Go to Colossians chapter one. Are you being are you getting counseling? Okay, well, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the counseling. Thank you, Jesus. Get our minds right, Lord. Get us on the right track, Jesus. That you sitting up there with it all, and you gonna blow it all for that? No, thank you. Well, it, ain't worth it. it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. It's not. I'm sorry, bad English. It's not worth it. it. Ain't worth it. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> oh, all right. Go to Colossians chapter 1, please. Amen. Verse 16. Amen. And it says, For by him were all things created that are where? In heaven and where else? In earth. Watch this now visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him, and what? For him. And what? For him. Wow. Notice what he said now. This ain't just about heaven. He said everything in the earth, including us, was created by him and for him. For him and by him. Somebody say for him, for him, and, by him. and by him. Ooh, Jesus. Well, That's in heaven. In earth, whether it's visible or invisible, whether there be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. 17 verse, and he is before all things and by him, what? All things consist. So that means, watch this. This is how it goes. Whether it's high or low, come on now. Whether it's on the left or the right, God created it. God, stop crying, I'm a, oh, I'm doing this menial's test. That is not true. That's not true. Everything that you do, it is God that gives you the ability to do it. You helping somebody. But most of all, you giving God glory. Amen. And housewives, stop it. Right. Just crying in the dishwater don't want to fix the breakfast, you're bringing glory to God. I say you bring, I'm talking about, because sometimes we got housewives in here. Sometimes we got retired people in here. You are, whatever you're doing, you're bringing glory to God. He says, I get a delight when you get up in the morning and you get about your task and you do what I created you to do. Ah, shake, 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 shake. He should turn on my house. Because some people can't be a housewife. They don't know how to sweep the floor. They don't know how to cook eggs. They don't know how to go get the bacon. They don't know how to drive. They don't know how to get a baby a bath. They can't answer the phone at home. They can't even take a proper message. And when you can multitask, when you can be a housewife and a businesswoman, Amen. I'm every woman, it's all in me. Amen. Let me stop. Let me stop. I'm feeling some kind of word. <laughs> <Lord help laughs> there you go. You know what to say. You better help her. That's right. God put that in you. I said, God put that in you. When you can, when you can do the house. The business, the children, the husband, yourself, you got God. Ah! Stop belittling yourself. Stop it. Say, God formed me. God has given every believer gifts to use in serving his or her church community, job, home, or service to others. Each born-again believer has been given foundational gifts. Somebody say, I have have been given given by the Lord Lord foundational 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 gifts. gifts. Here are the foundational gifts. Prophecy. We're going to talk about it. Teaching, exhortation, giving, organization, mercy. Can we talk about it? I'm not going to bore you. When I feel you going to sleep, I'm going home. So there are foundational gifts, and you don't have to be a pastor to have these. Put your hand on your heart. Say, I don't have to be a pastor to have these. Say, so the Lord has given everybody foundational gifts. Let's look at the first one he's given you. Because see, when we think about prophecy, the first thing that comes to our mind is to preach, or teach. So prophecy means to preach, teach and declare but there's another meaning to prophecy can we go there Amen. go to first corinthians thank you for your word lord help me to preach your word please sir uh, help me to get your word to your people and myself all right first corinthians no actually go to the 14th chapter first corinthians 14 there we go all right. Say, I have, I have a gift of prophecy. Come on, say that with me. Say, I have a gift of prophecy, I have a gift of prophecy that, I'm that I'm to use in my community, in my, community, in my, home, in my home, on my job, job Uh huh. for my community, for my community or, service or service to others. All right. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3. It says, but he that prophesied Speak it unto men, or mankind. This is a part of prophecy. It is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. Is that in your Bible? Listen to me real good. When, with that gift that God has given you, that foundational gift, to serve your church, community, job, home, or service to others, you ought to know how to edify others exalt others and comfort other people if you can't do that hush go back to the altar because you got it it's in there you just might have not you might have thought it was all for the pulpit and ministry Uh, uh, uh. this works in your office on your job in your business come on in your community come on Come on, you ought to be able to comfort other people. You ought to be able to exalt others higher than yourself. You ought to be able to encourage other people. Uh Uh-oh, we getting somewhere this way. Uh-oh. Come on, you own a business, but you can't edify nobody else but yourself. You can't exalt nobody else but yourself. You can't comfort nobody else but yourself. Go back to the altar. I said go back to the altar. Because it's in you. It's a foundational gift. Everybody got it. Yeah. Oh, y'all done got quiet. I bet they, man, they thinking. They say, oh, wait a minute. I had been prophesying on my job or in my business or in my community or in my church. Or doing service to others. Wait a minute. Or even in my home. Ooh. Edification. It means you build people up. You don't tear them down. I say you build them up. You build them up on the job. You don't tear nobody down. In your home, in your community, in your church, it means you exalt people other than yourself. It means you bring comfort to people. You're able to speak a word of comfort on that job, in that business, in the community, in that home, in the ministry, oh my God, is this good? God is good. There's also a foundational gift called serving. Go to Philippians chapter 2. Let's see what you say, Lord. Philippians chapter 2. Please go to verse 5. And it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of mankind. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So what are you saying to me? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Every server ought to have an humble spirit not boasting, not talking about what you done did, not going around telling everybody, trying to say, hey, look at me. Got your big sign on your back. This is what I did. This is what I did. Bishop, did you see what I did? Bishop, did you see? that's not a server. Go back to the altar. Go back to the altar until you get a what? A servant's heart and a servant's mentality. Until you learn how to humble yourself. That's what the Bible says. Jesus humbled himself to the place of what? Death. A server is a very humbled person. Matter of fact, sometimes they serve and you don't even know what they've done. They're not so quick to exalt themselves. Shine for me, Anna. Shine for me. There's also a foundational gift of teaching the teaching you think, listen at this. Come on, come on, come on. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 4. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yeah, see, I knew you was going to raise your hand. I'm a server, but are you humble? Amen. See, right there you shouldn't even hurt your mouth. Amen. Shouldn't even hurt your mouth. Amen. Yeah! Oh, God put it in order. Somebody say the Lord, the Lord. is putting the house. In order. order. So prophecy means to exalt, encourage, and comfort. If you don't have it, go back to the altar. Serving means to be humble in mind and heart, quiet in what you do. If you don't have it, go back to the altar. There's also teaching. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2. He says, you shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish out from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Did you see what he said? Every teacher, whether you own your job teaching somebody, stick to the manual. Stop trying to give them your two cents. Uh-oh, this guy's quiet up in here. Am I at the right place? You ought to know how to teach and stick to what was given you to teach. In the ministry, if you're going to teach, stick to the word of God. Don't be bringing in no foreign stuff. Let God take you deeper in the word. That requires fasting and praying and seeking him. On that job, let the Lord take you deeper with the instructions. If you're going to instruct somebody, if you've been put over people. Amen. Well, I don't understand the instructions, Lord. That ask God to help you open your understanding. Amen. They don't want your two cents. They, they, they want what they ask you to do. Amen. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right, I got my chariot out there. I got baby out there. She ready to go. Proverbs 30. They told you to stand out the door and smile. What you supposed to be doing? I I don't have to do what they tell me to do. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. No, that's not what they ask you to do. They're not paying you to do what you want to do. And if you get a good idea, you need to go to your per, uh, the person that's over you first, sit down and talk with them, and share the idea. Amen. You had not become the boss yet. Uh-oh. Whoa. Come on, Holy Spirit. You're trying to be the boss, and you're in a teaching place. You're in a learning place to be taught. You're in a place to be taught, and you're trying to give everybody orders. Wait till you become the boss. I know they got that movie Boss Baby. I don't even know what that. Lord have mercy. That little baby need help. (laughs) That little baby needs some help. Proverbs 30. All right. Would you please look at verses chapter 5. What does it say? Every word of God is what? Every word of God is what? Pure. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you know it's in the Bible how to treat your employer? Amen. Do you know it's in the Bible how to treat your manager or your boss over you? Yeah. The Bible said don't even be an a eye pleaser, man pleaser, or pleasing them as long as doing what you're supposed to do as long as they can see you. Amen. And then when they, when they got their back turned, you're doing everything but what the job requires you to do. Now you might think this won't work in your business, but well, yes it will. Cause see a lot of times we get from under the boss and we become the boss and now we think we got free reign to do whatever we wanna do. Yes. Uh, wake up call, yes. to be the boss gonna cost you something. Yes. To be the boss gonna cost you a little bit more. Yes. You are gonna stay up a little bit longer. Yes. Uh, you are gonna work a little bit more diligently. Yes. Cause now you the boss and you don't want nothing to go lacking or fall down. Amen. Oh, my, 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 my. Yes, Lord. He called her. Yes, he Yes, yeah, take him on in the higher. Yeah, take them on in the higher, Take them on in the higher. Yes, Lord. Teaching. Somebody st- say, stick to the word of God. Stick to the manual. Stop trying to give you two cents. The next gift is exhortation. This is one of the foundational gifts. People who exhort other people, they have a loving and positive attitude and desire more than anything that God's people and people in general mature and grow. They want people... They. People who are exhorters, they want to always see people grow and mature. They want to see them move from where they are and move into better positions of themselves. Amen? Amen. They're loving. They have a very positive attitude. Go to James chapter one. Are you an exhorter? Amen. Go to James? Glory to God. Oh, we're almost through. See, sometimes counseling can be, can be painful. <laughs> <laughs> I know you be saying, but Bishop, you be sitting in there just looking at you, but all this be coming up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we counseling, amen? amen? Thank you, Jesus. All right, we want James chapter 1, verse 5. Mm, 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 mm. If you're going to exhort other people, listen at this. It says, James chapter 1, verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and upbraid it not, and it shall be given him. Well, as an exhorter, why do I need wisdom? Because you got to know when to speak, what to say, how to say it, when to say it. See, just, wait a minute. The time that you go to exalt, it might not even be time yet to go. You might get on that person's nerves. You're not listening to God. You're not hearing from God. When do I exalt? When do I show this person love? When do I show them this positive attitude? Are they ready for it now, or do I need to wait till later, Lord? How do I say it? When do I say it? Give me the correct words to say, Lord. That's in the church and in business and on a job. Amen. Amen. Exhorters love to use God's methods to encourage others by applying biblical truths. Let's just look at some. John chapter 2. John chapter 2. That means they study the word then. They They know a little about the word. Amen. Amen. Let's look at some. John chapter 2. Okay, because they love to use God's methods to encourage other people. John 2 and 9, what do you say, Lord? He says, when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said unto him, every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse but thou has kept the good wine until now. What, what are you saying? What if Jesus had walked in there and said, you know what, I'm an exhorter. I want to show love to these people at this marriage and made wine at the beginning of the wedding. It would have been a waste. They didn't need it at the beginning. They needed it at the yeah. When there was nothing left, Sometimes you need to, see, that's another part of being humble. Sometimes you need to stay yourself in the background and shut up and listen for the spirit of God. And I mean, really listen. Lord, are you telling me to do this? Are you telling me to say this? But see, that's going to require time in prayer. So you'll be able to move with God. See, you spend so much time in prayer and in the word, you just start moving with God. You know when to take something seriously. You know mm-mm, that. Uh, you know when you need to open your mouth and say something. So what if? What if? And this was Jesus, but he knew when to make the wine. Did he not? Amen. Go to John chapter nine. Go to John chapter nine. Ooh, this requiring prayer, y'all. Get at the altar. Get in the word. Amen. Ooh. To work in these foundational gifts. John 9 and 7. And said unto him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sin. He went his way therefore and washed and came seeing. Do you see that? Amen. This is the man that was blind and Jesus healed him. But there was an order to the healing. Somebody say, if I'm going to exalt people, show them a loving and positive attitude, there's an order to it. it. Look at verse 6. He says, when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and said unto him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is being interpreted sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. Well, what if Jesus had told him to go to the pool first? Then he came back, then he spit in his eye, then he put, it would have been out of order. No. Somebody say, even in exhorting people, even in order. Showing, them love, showing them love, there's an order. Yeah, an order. So you got to know when to go, when, when, to go. when to speak. It must be timely yeah. and in order. And in order. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yes, Lord. Uh Uh-oh, then there's a foundational gift of giving. Giving means to share things, whether spiritual gifts, finances, or oneself. The word of God says what? Give, and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. Something that I got from this, givers don't like for you to always tell them to give. But there's a reason for that because a real giver that works in this foundation of gift, they're always ready to give. They don't they're they're waiting for an opportunity where there's something needed, where they can. give. They don't want you to be around them and their conversation and the conversation is always about money. They feel threatened. Why? Because they're givers by nature. It's a gift. It's a gift from God. They're already programmed by God. Give. How much to give? When to give? All they need you to do is show them some respect. Love them. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. They don't need you always up in their face talking about, oh, this done broke. Oh, we need money for this in the church. So evidently we must have a lot of givers Whose foundational gift of giving is working because I never have to beg. Amen. How many times have you heard me say that? Never. Never. I've always said, that. I said, Lord, I thank you. I even tell you all, I said, I don't have to beg. Because Amen. Amen. this gift is already on program with God, Amen. He's already talking to the person. They are givers by nature, they're givers by heart. They wait for the next opportunity. Well, what, what the church gonna need next? Did the bishop say the church need anything? Did That's a foundation of gift. Amen. They love to share. Whether it's a spiritual gift, finances, or themselves. Or themselves. Uh-oh. Or themselves. Ain't got to beg. Would you please come sweep the floor? Would you please come do this? Would, no, no, no. They sitting on ready. And they're not running out the door, they run into the work. Amen. Somebody said giving give. is a foundational, foundational gift. And the scripture for that one is Luke 6:38. Because that's what Jesus said. He says, give, and it shall be what? Give. How? Pressed down, shaken together, running over. So a giver doesn't have to worry about it if it's coming back. It's scriptural. It's coming back to you. Good measure. Good measure, press down, running over even. Thank you, Jesus. All right, we almost through. We almost through. You know, it take a lot to counsel 100-some people now. Amen. Come on now. Woo. The next foundational gift is organization. Organizers can visualize the overall picture and plan long range goals. They gain tremendous satisfaction in in achieving their goals and involving others to meet them. They are aware of the available resources to complete a task. After they complete one project, they are eager to move on to new challenges. They are not overly sensitive to criticism because they are so concerned with achieving their goal. Isn't that something? So an organizer can already, when you give them something to do or when you're given something to do on your job or in your business, you can already visualize the overall picture. You, can, you, you have plans for long range goals and you get satisfaction when those goals are achieved. And you'd like to involve others to meet the goal as well. You have a knowledge of resources to complete your task. And when you have completed one project, you're eager to take on a new challenge. And you're not overly sensitive to criticism because you're so caught up with what you're working on and achieving your goal. Go to Romans chapter 12. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Romans chapter 12, verse eight. And it says, or he that exhorted on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruled it with diligence, he that showed mercy with cheerfulness. So organizers are what? Diligent people. That foundational gift means you got some stuff, you got order in your life. Hello? Amen. You got a plan. You got goals. <coughs> You, you, set, you set your focus on that goal, and guess what? You get to work on it. Amen. People with the foundational gift of organization will often wait until they are asked to get involved in a project. Organizers should not wait until they are asked to get involved. So, so most of the time you find an organized person, they stand back and they say, now if you don't ask me to do it, I'm not going to do it. But here it says you're not. you shouldn't do that. Because you have that gifting, you ought to be the first one to say, hey, you know what? I can do that. I, I, I got a plan. I know where the resources are. I know how to put this together. So people with the foundational gift of organization should not wait until they are asked to get involved. They even set goals. They even set their goals. Go to Nehemiah. Y'all remember Nehemiah, don't you? Wow. What did Nehemiah do? He built the walls of Jerusalem. In troublesome times, did he not? Amen. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Ooh, I like this. Can you imagine having all these foundational gifts working together? That's, a, uh, that's awesome, isn't it? Amen. Lord, I want them all working in my life. Amen. I need them all. Wow, you talking about having a great business? You talking about having work, a work ethic? Oh my goodness, this is awesome! Okay, here we go, Nehemiah. Thank you, Jesus. Are you getting anything? Amen. All right, Nehemiah chapter two, and I'm gonna give you the rest of the scriptures. All right, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 5 and (laughs) 6. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. And I said unto the king, if it please the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldest send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's tombs, that I may build it. And the king said unto me, the queen also sitting by him, for how long shall thy journey be, and when will thou return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I sent him a time. Somebody say organization. organization. Before Nehemiah even stepped up to the plate, he knew the time, he knew the journey, he knew what to ask for. Do, do you, look at verse 13. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 13, and it says, And I went out by night. Uh oh. He didn't let his left hand know what his right hand was doing. Hey, y'all, Bishop got me working on this. Woo! No, don't do that. I didn't ask you to tell the whole world. I, I, I didn't ask you to say anything. <laughs> What you say, Lord? He says, and I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well and to the dung port and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and the gates thereof were consumed with fire. So basically he had a plan. He had a time. He knew when he was going to go. He knew when he wanted to go. He knew when he was going to return. He went out by night, and he went to view what he was going to be working on. He didn't just jump into the project. He says, let me go and sit down and, and, and view this, see what's going to be needed, and put a plan together. Look at verse 16. And the rulers knew not whether I went uh-uh, or what I did, neither had I as yet told it to the Jews, nor to the priests, nor to the nobles, nor to the rulers, nor to the rest that did the work. Wait a minute. He hadn't even told everybody on the team. He says, I can't instruct you till I get it down pat myself. Amen. That's why I stopped telling people Sunday gonna be a high Sunday. I don't do it no more. I found out something. The moment you release that word, spirits get the work. Let us see how we can control it and keep it from being high. Amen. Now we never miss because we learned to So even on projects and jobs that you do, in your business, you need to stop telling everything. Even your team, you need to wait till you get the plan down, pack yourself, and then share it with the team, and then even tell them, look, we're going to work this, but we're going to keep it quiet. Why? Because Nehemiah had adversaries. And they came, and they showed up, and the Bible says, but Nehemiah had a Bible in one hand and tools in the other. Guess what? We doing this, we doing that, we going here. And then when all hell break loose, you are wondering, what happened? It was such a wonderful plan. It, w- it was such a wonderful idea. You open your mouth too soon. Shut up. Shut up. Girl, I met this man. Girl, he's so fine. Ooh, girl. You know, Hezekiah did that. He opened his kingdom up to his enemy. Showed him the whole kingdom. And they came back and robbed him blind. Shut up. But I've already shared that. What did I used to say? Get it in your hand. Then, hey, look. <laughs> look, hey. And they be sitting there. Hey, well, when did they do that? When did they get that? Well, how, did, how did they do that? We talk too much.
1: I got this, and I
0: got, and then we got nerve enough to open our doors and just show everything. Everything, everything, Get it in your hand. Enjoy it first. Sleep on it, lay on it, walk on it. (laughs) So when they do come, it's like, Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I'm doing it. You give your whole plan out to the enemy. Mm-hmm. Come on. Come on now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when the devil strike, uh, it's because on. you already told everything. They know he knows where to send the ambush. He knows how to send the ambush. Yes. Instead of just until you get it down packed. Now, once you get it down packed, it's on. Wear yeah, the sign, put it on your back, tap dance it, sing it. I hear you, Lord. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Let me give you the rest of these scriptures. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Say, organizers. Organizers. Say, it's a foundational gift. Say, I have it. I got to get it in order. order. So basically, write this down Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 5 to 17. Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 4 to 8. and I believe this is the last one, mercy is a foundational gift. The outward manifestation of pity, they like to encourage and help distressed people. It doesn't deter merciful people when it appears that the person to whom they ministered does not benefit. Merciful people know that the seed has been planted and eventually will produce fruit. Mercy motivated people Rebuke others only, only when it is absolutely, absolutely, absolutely necessary. They don't like to rebuke people. And they don't care if it doesn't look like you're not getting it. They know the mercy that you've been shown, the seed has been planted. Mercy-motivated people must not make decisions based on their emotions rather than on the word God. Of God. Always got to stick with the word. Why? Because your emotions can lead you to be merciful when you don't need to be merciful. Luke chapter 10. And we're closing. Thank you, Jesus. Luke chapter 10. Thank you, Lord. And I want to find that where you can have the scripture for those gifts. Because we need to pray, God, let them all work. Let them all work. Luke chapter 10. All right. Mercy motivated people. Luke 10, 33. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the male factors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do and they parted his raiment and cast lots. But he yet prayed. You know what, a merciful person, even when you're doing them bad, they're gonna still say, Father, forgive them. Do you know we really need to be a mercy-motivated person on our job, in our businesses, and in the church, in our home, and in our community? But don't go by your emotions, again, all of these foundational gifts require that you're in the word, you're seeking the Lord and definitely seeking the Lord, seeking the Lord that they all work. Amen. Say, I want to show mercy. Say, say I want to be a person that shows pity for others, but I cannot work by my emotions. I must go by the word of God. Because there are times in the world you do know that the Lord will say, ask for forgiveness for them, show them mercy, because they don't know what they're doing for real. And then there are times when God says, stand back, I'm dealing with that person. Amen? Amen? Amen. Write this down, Romans chapter 12. That's if you're going to use it in a prayer. Romans chapter 12, and I want to make sure. Romans chapter 12, thank you, Lord, verses 4. Okay, all right, this is it. Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 11. Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 11. And these are called foundational gifts. We all have them, but we might need them cultivated even the more. Because they're in here. Here it is. It says uh, prophecy. We gave you what that was. Uh, It has ministry, which is serving, exaltation, giving, mercy. And verse 9 says, let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil cleave to that which is good, be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. So you can do Romans 12, 6 through 12. Amen. Give the Lord a hand praise.